What's it going to be today? Skyline three-way or cheese conies? Hmm, that's a tough one. I know. Give me a Skyline three-way and cheese conies. Problem solved. Feeling good. It's Skyline time. When the kids call and they say, hey, Dad, can you pick up Skyline? I'm always like, absolutely. I'm halfway there because you don't have to tell me twice. That's the time for our family to be together, and Skyline's always been part of our family time. Now listening to the Going Deep Podcast with your hosts, Kevin Massari and Mike Bunt, live from the Cover One Sports Network. Here we go. Welcome into another edition of the Going Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Massari, here with Mike Bunt. Here to talk about the Bills' 23-16 loss yesterday in overtime against the Aaron Rodgers-less New York Jets. So we have a lot on the docket today. Got a lot to cover in this short period as we look forward and look ahead to the Raiders uh, game as well. So we can't just spend the entire time recapping that the Bills have to turn the page in five days. Uh, and in a quick, quick, short time, Mike, this isn't a this isn't a long, lengthy 10-day turnaround. It's a five-day turnaround. So it's not like one of those Thursday night losses. Uh, Monday hits a little bit harder. Mike, so how are you doing today? I wish I could say I'm doing well, but after last night, I don't think anyone in Bill's Mafia is feeling that great about the performance that took place in the Meadowlands. So uh, could be doing better, Kev. Definitely could be doing better. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we're going to spend a good amount of time recapping the Jets game. You can see uh, Cover One Buffalo did a recap yesterday live after the game as well as our show too. But as always, the Going Deep podcast is sponsored by Sons of Erie, www.sonsoferie.com. Get out there, check out all their artwork, canvas styles. You can see behind me, Jim Kelly, Josh Allen, special uh, sponsored by Elio DePaulo's as well up there. So get out there and check that out uh, as it's a really good piece, uh, www.sonsoferie.com. But Mike, uh, we're going to start from the top. The Bills, you know, really early on, uh, you know, started off with the ball, punted it away right away away to the Jets. From there, you saw a pretty ferocious Bills pass rush that got to uh, Aaron Rodgers a couple of times uh, before you know Leonard Floyd uh, con- contacting with him and Aaron Rodgers tearing his Achilles and now out for the year. What were your initial reactions just right then and there off of that one play? Yeah, the, the initial reactions when Rodgers goes down is shock that you have all this anticipation for months and then the guy at the center of it all goes down and from the moment they had the cart go to the blue tent, you knew it was something serious and that the game was going to be altered for the rest of the night. So that was obviously a a huge moment early on, but I was encouraged by the, by the defense uh, in the first quarter, the second quarter, actually throughout most of the game, I was their pass rush was, was there. We we've been talking about Leonard Floyd A.J. Epineza, um, Gregory Rousseau, uh, Shaq Lawson, and, and the like uh, at defensive end. We've been talking about the interior line. And early on in this game, they were getting to the quarterback. They were. And that's that was what was really impressive. I tweeted out that, you know, you're going to add in, um, you know, 
by all accounts, Von Miller week five, we think maybe week six, if they want to hold him for an extra week, I think if he's ready to go, uh, you bring him back as soon as he's ready, as he can add another edge to this defensive line room, which looked really good yesterday. So for the data that came out supports that across the board. Um, but then after the injury, Zach Wilson comes in and that's probably hard for everybody to kind of adjust to see that. I mean, it's still an entertainment business, like no matter how much we do or don't want to admit it. Um, it's still the best version of reality TV out there. And that happening is dramatic for the fans. It's dramatic for both fan bases, the the Jets offense and defense, as well as the Bills are kind of thinking like, okay, how do we adjust to this? What do we do in this situation offensively? What do we do defensively now against Zach Wilson? It's definitely when you have a prepared backup like they do. And, and I would say that the Jets, you know, for where they're at, I, I, you know, I know that they're going to be talking about replacing Aaron Rodgers with somebody, Carson Wentz trading for Matt Stafford or whatever, whatever their play is going to end up being. But Zach Wilson, by all accounts, if you look around the league and back at quarterback situations who could have came in in that game, probably still one of an okay situation. Uh, I mean, I, I don't believe it's the worst situation in the world. It's a former first round pick who's been in the system, who's been learning under Rodgers. He's had some flashes in preseason. So right, right, right away, you have a guy that can at least lead an offense. It's not going to be a complete mess. Uh, and, and he could, in my opinion. I thought he came in and did what he needed to do, handing the ball off, uh, as well as throwing the ball to his targets. Um, and, and, and Wilson made a ridiculous play again uh, on a play that was covered. Uh, tips it up, just, just, just falls the right way, and he grabs it in the end zone late in the game to tie the game. Uh, so I thought Zach Wilson did what he needed to do, but that's still tough for a defense to come in after they plan to play maybe a, a more zone look, cover two shell like they did against Rodgers the first time. Then they have Zach Wilson come in, and they're like, all right, we have to adjust on the fly here. can completely flip our game plan up right up in the air. Uh, and you can tell they probably tried to make some tweaks at halftime, uh, and whether that worked or not uh, remains to be seen. It did not work on the scoreboard. So, Mike, as we kind of look to the Bills offense now and you see a, a – a, efficient 13 to three score at halftime. I would say they did what they needed to do. Josh took a lot of checkdowns in the first half. I think I read as many as 26 times he threw under 10 yards. So he was taking the check down yesterday. Uh, just got impatient frequently uh, and, and didn't want to continue to do what was working for him. Um, you know, some, some early stats have come out now on Josh Allen, uh, you know, fifth in fifth in uh, yards expected over completion percentage as well as 10th. Uh, in uh, EPA. So those numbers are always going to pop. And that's what analytics uh, nerds are going to always point to when they talk about Josh Allen, because those are the numbers that back up what he does. Now, I'm going to bounce it to you um, and this performance of, of Josh Allen. And we're going to go with that for a little bit. We're going to put, put a five minute segment on this. We're not going to monopolize it. Bills have to look forward to the Raiders game. They need to get right. Where you stand so far after the 13 to three uh, lead lost, in the third and fourth quarters into an overtime. So I'll let you be Mr. Nice Guy, and I'll be the mean guy uh, on the show today. I thought first half Josh was efficient. He played within the system. Obviously, he had the one uh, long bomb interception. He wanted to go for it. You look at the film, probably would have been a better decision to, to tuck it and run. Would have faced the guy a few yards short, but nine out of ten times, he probably breaks the tackle or eludes the, the defender, gets it for a first down. But overall, in the first half, he played within the system. He made the checkdowns. He made the throws that were expected to him. I said going into this game, look out for the tight ends, look out for Deontay Hardy, and look out for uh, the running game. That's what they were trying to do in the first half. Now, did they have a ton of success? No, they had 13 points, but they had over 180 yards, and they were taking what the Jets were giving them early on. 
I I wish that Deontay Hardy could have gotten a little bit more involved, but they obviously did try to get him uh, in the passing game in the first quarter. Now, everything changed after halftime. When you're up 13-3 to and you're playing a Jets team with Zach Wilson that has shown that is incapable, really, of moving the ball at a high rate. Yes, they, they had the one drive in the second half where they go down, they score a touchdown following the interception. You really just need to protect the ball. You just punt it the rest of the game, and you probably win the game. The, the Bills were dominating up 13-3, to and I don't know what it is about Josh Allen's mindset and what was going through his head last night, but the fact that he can't understand that as one of the elite quarterbacks in the game in his sixth year in Buffalo is baffling to me. It, it, it's honestly baffling because they could have just handed the ball off the rest of the game and they probably hold on to win. Uh, it's it's to the point now where I, I know people don't like the turnover prone label because if you look at it, you can point out maybe it's a volume basis thing. But these situational mistakes are just, they're confusing. They have started to add up over the years and they are unacceptable. You look at all the Bills losses last year. They were all games in which Josh had a turnover for the most part in horrible moments. The loss against Miami early in the year last year, Josh had an interception within the Bills' own 20-yard line, led to a Miami touchdown. Then they had a turnover on downs where he he bounced the pass on fourth down. The loss to Minnesota, the fumble in the quarterback snap, uh, quarterback sneak territory, then the interception late where he didn't read the coverage. The loss against the Jets last year against Zach Wilson, a throw into double coverage where he just didn't see the extra defender. You, you look at uh, the game's, uh, against Miami in the playoffs where turnovers almost let the Dolphins stay in the game. Josh is tremendous. You mentioned his EPA. He's Even when he's having poor games, the Bills still had a 73% chance DVOA and these other metrics to win the contest. So they were still expected to win in spite of his turnovers. And people keep saying stuff like, well, if he just doesn't make those two throws, uh, it, it would have been a good game for him. And I'm not too worried. That's what I hear a lot of people saying. The problem is it's year six and he's still making these throws. He's still making these decisions. The first interception, like I said, if you want to call it a punt, it's fine. But he could have ran for the first down if he if he would have taken it. The second interception was clearly a case of he saw pressure and he was like, screw it. I'm just going to throw it downfield. It, that's as clear as the second interception was. Screw it. Quinn and Williams is in my face. I'm going to throw it. Third interception, he has... Diggs and Kincaid, both underneath. Easy first down. You're, un- you're under 10 minutes left to go in the game. That's a, that's a game-changing interception. You get the first down, you can t- continue to melt clock. You're winning that contest. And then the fumble immediately after the Jets score a touchdown. That's when you have that fumble. And, and it's bad enough, I understand, like he botched the snap. But at that moment in time, don't play hero ball. Fall on the ball. The odds of you scooping it up and then having a productive run after it. I know he's done things like that in the past. The odds are not good. So just play a little bit safer. I I guess I'm getting to the point right now, and I'll I'll be done with this in a second, Kev. I think Josh Allen's amazing. 
He's obviously one of the top three quarterbacks in football. Some people will say number two. Other people will say number three. But what I am frustrated with Josh is while a Patrick Mahomes can play within the system Kansas City gives him, and he's a freak athlete, and while Burrow is more of a system quarterback who has tremendous playmakers, I get this feel that the Bills are trying to force a system on Josh and that Josh can only be himself if he's playing outside of the system. Josh needs to improv. Josh needs to run. He plays on instinct. And instinct is great when it's working. But when you make these stupid plays, those are the games that co- those are the plays that cost your team. And in the long run, the Bills are going to be fine. I still think they're going to win the AFC East. I still think they have a chance to make a run in the playoffs. But this needs to stop, Kevin. This is not just one game or two games. This is a trend. He needs to improve. He's a six-year quarterback. Well, lots of breakdown there, Mike. Uh, if you look at it from a perspective of like all those things in a vacuum, I agree with. Like, I agree that he needs to not, you know, he could run for that first time, the first interception. That's absolutely true. Um, the second time, pressure in his face, uh, throws it deep. Coach should probably just taken the sack, figured out something what to do there in that situation. Uh, number three, turnover could be debated. I don't like the route Gabe Davis ran and led to the questions about receiver two today uh, to Sean McDermott, who then says they need more out of receiver cut his route short. He's made that play against Baltimore many times to Dawson, uh, uh, Dawson Knox. You've seen them win on that uh, against the Ravens and the chiefs last year on that exact route. Uh, the safety ran it better than Gabe Davis did. And then in the fourth was the one that was the backbreaker, the fumble, um, that wasn't a decision-making error in terms of like he, he threw some wild pass that was snap came in early, wasn't ready for it, tried to corral it. The move there was to just sit on it, right? So the move there was to just land on it, live to fight another down, to punt it away at some point in that drive. Now you're in a second and 16 against the Jets defense. Um, do they go down and kick a winning field goal anyways without giving you an opportunity? So there's there, I get the mindset of like, I'm Josh Allen, I'm going to pick it up. It just didn't work out there. Uh, the fumble was botched. I think it was, you know, you could blame that on many people on that. I don't know that that was a, 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 a bumbling mistake other than that the snap came in early. You've seen it across the league. You've seen it across football from high school to, to, to pros. It, it just was a mistimed cadence. You saw the motion come across. Everyone asked for motion, but that's what you get with motion. It throws off the center occasionally. You saw the motion come in, cause the snap. Josh Allen was probably thinking of a different cadence there. Something happened. Don't know. Uh, you know, slipped through, hit his face mask, picked it back up. You know, his, his idea was to limit damage. It wasn't to get a 40 yard run. It was to get back to the line of scrimmage second and 10 uh, and, uh, and go from there. But it just didn't work out in that situation. Um, but that one was backbreaking in terms of, of what happened there. Anyways, Mike, <clears throat> as you look forward, all you can hope for if some of those plays continue to be cleaned up and we have seen stretches of that happening, he cleans it up. It doesn't, it doesn't usually stay a long-term trend. You can point back to his last, I guess there's stats floating around, you know, this many games, the last six games he's done this and that. People include fumble, total fumbles, not fumbles lost uh, in situations where cover one's done a good job breaking down each and every one of those fumbles. They're not all created equal. Some of them are mis-exchanged. Some of them are Isaiah McKenzie fumbling a pitch. Some of them are, um, you know, miss-snaps where he picks up and does run for a touchdown when it was never really in danger to be picked up. Some are, are knocked out of bounds as he's stepping out of bounds. Uh, they're they're not all created equal, not in a wide receiver 50-50 split on uh, fumbles. So, you know, there's a lot of fumbles that are included into that those overall turnover numbers. 
um, that might not be fumbles lost. So you got to break down that and the amount the Bills throw, the amount they have the, the ball, the amount of points they score, um, and the, the lack of punts that they generally have are never factored. So the fact that if you factor in punts, which are a calculated turnover, as we see in arm punt, as we saw in the first interception, it's the same thing in, in, in football work. So whether you credit it to Josh Allen or you punt it away, uh, that just goes to your punter. So the Bills are actually obviously lead the league in amount of punts. So I think there's an, uh, a lack of amount of punts. So I think there's something to always remember that there's calculated turnovers. There's things you can do. This is Josh Allen. It's who he is. You, what are you going to go up and say to him? He knows he shouldn't have thrown that ball. There's nothing you're going to fight. You could fire. Your, so there's options here. You can fire your coaching staff. You can, um, you know, you can move away from the quarterback. You can bench him. I don't really know which where where you're going to go. There's no solution to the problem. It is what it is. He's going to have turnovers in a football game, and they're going to win other games because of who he is as a player. Just like he was able to do in Detroit or in Detroit uh, on Thanksgiving, making ridiculous plays. You kind of have to live with it. Um, so the amount he carries, the amount he throws. I understand, Kev what you're saying and you are speaking truth. Like there isn't really a solution to the problem because you're not going to bench him. You're not going to get rid of him. Obviously he's an elite quarterback still. And really to, to blame it all on the offensive coordinator or the coaching staff is kind of irresponsible too, because they're giving Josh the play. They're coaching things up. If Josh isn't going to utilize the underneath route as coached, that's not on the offensive coordinator. That's on the quarterback. And ultimately, you kind of have to live with it. I know a lot of people uh, over the past night into today have been commenting, well, they need a guy like Brian Dable that's going to really reel him in and get him to play within himself. I don't think that's really a, a true thing. I, I, I know people are saying, well, get, get Ken Dorsey on the sidelines. Dorsey might be a guy where he just he sees the things better from up above and that's where he feels more comfortable at not every some coordinators are going to be scheme guys and they're going to be guys that that want to see what's happening and other coordinators might be more people uh, uh coaches brian dable had an ability to relate a little bit better to josh and was able to at times i guess reel him in but that was also a much younger josh allen that he inherited uh in his second season and was a developing quarterback at that point. Josh Allen in 2018, 2019, that was not the same version of Josh Allen that we see today. So it was okay for Brian Dable to basically get pissed off on him in the sideline and basically uh, and do that type of stuff. How many offensive coordinators coming in are going to be able to reel Josh in? I just don't think that number is that high. At some point, I think it's the responsibility of the quarterback to run the offense the way it's supposed to be run. And I think for most of the game, he was doing his best to do it early on. But at the end of the day, you got to trust your eyes and you have to trust your reads. And I think the biggest takeaway I took out of the second half was that Josh was losing faith in his offensive line. And that created uh, an uncomfortable Josh in the pocket. There was times that he had guys where he double clutched with the ball in his hand, where he didn't make the throw when it was timed to make the throw, where he ended up going for a run when he had a person that he could have thrown it to. So ultimately, if Josh is uncomfortable with the, the offensive line or he's uncomfortable with the scheme, the Bills are going to have to make adjustments because this is the line he's going to have in front of him all year. And while they're not going to be playing the Jets defensive 
uh, front seven every week. There are going to be other difficult matchups, and we can't just be making this excuse every time the Bills play a solid front seven that, well, you know what? They were getting pressure on Josh. Ultimately, he has to trust what's in front of him. Buckeye Imagination Museum is the destination for whole family fun. Bring all of your kids for imaginative and competitive play. From toddlers to teens, there's something for everyone. Little ones can shop, bank, and go out to eat. And your older ones will enjoy the racing laser tunnel, arcade games, six-person air hockey table, mini golf, and so much more. Grab something from the snack bar and stay all day. Plan your visit to Buckeye Imagination Museum today at BuckeyeImaginationMuseum.org. Halfway between Cleveland and Columbus in downtown Mansfield. Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster, in a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org. Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, it's just Josh Allen as a player. You're going to have to take some of this with it. Like there's no, like you said, there's no coach that's going to change it. Benching him's not a solution. You're not going to trade him. The solution is that's who he is as a player. Now, the bigger discussion is, does he win you more than he doesn't? I believe he does. So I believe that the Jets have his number, and I believe that these games, two or three of them, one of them being in Buffalo where they won, um, two or three of them have been against the Jets. There was a bad Jaguars game a few years ago with Brian Dable. There was a stretch of football with Brian Dable, this guy that apparently can rein Josh in, uh, that they went three and four in, a stretch of football that they played uh, that kept them really out of a, a good seating positions there uh, in the 2021 season. Same thing. They, they, they had a sloppy game, and they lost on a punt block to the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. So very similar scenario. Special teams. Uh, um, Every time it's special teams, Kevin. Mike, at four turnovers – a punt return. They lost on a middle of the field punt return uh, where Saran Neal collapsed in and bowling balled over all of his return men and left the edge around the left side for an easy return of all the things. Um, and that's what you heard Sean McDermott comment on it. He, he didn't, he doesn't comment much on stuff like that, but he mentioned that a poor punt, poor coverage. Um, and that's, that's a problem. You can't have a 40 yard punt at that point in the game. You can't put it in the middle of the field. Uh, and you, you specifically can't have a low hang time in a situation where really only Cam Lewis is the only one that gets there, makes Cam Lewis miss. And then Saran Neal's crashing in on it, leaving his lane extremely wide open. So four turnovers, a punt return touchdown, and that's how they had to win in overtime. So much situations where we can talk about it all we want. I don't really seem to think. Um, I don't seem to think that that's going to happen again where you have four turnovers and lose on a punt return touchdown. Could have, like, I, I mean, I guess it's in the realm of possibilities. Don't anticipate seeing that one this season, if at all. Uh, four, four turnovers, five sacks, and a fumble ret- or up and a punt return touchdown. I'm not going to say the odds are too ever with my favor and that ever happening again. So, look, you just chalk it up. You know, you move on. You see him again down the stretch. You have a couple of big games coming up. Um, you know, you got the Raiders here at home where they're the largest favorites in the league this week. The Jets are the largest underdogs in the league this week, both around nine and a half points each way. Um, and you know, will the Raiders be with Jacoby Myers, someone that played really, really well uh, for them this, 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 uh, week one, they have Josh Jacobs. Uh, they obviously have Devonte Adams and, you know, a new school looking Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, so those are the things you need to keep in forward when you're looking at this game, the bills need to get it done at home. And that's that's what's important. How do the Bills turn the page 
um, to a Raiders game, that is going to be a pretty big way to get back and going. Mike, what, what do you see from this Raiders uh, from this Raiders game? What are you hoping to see and, and, and tell us, you know, kind of what, what's next? Yeah, I, I actually feel super confident uh, heading into this Raiders contest. The line is nine and a half. I think not only do the Bills uh, handle the Raiders, I think they're going to win by well more than nine and a half on on Sunday. I don't want to give away the exact prediction yet. I know we saved those for, for the end of the show. But there's not many defenses in the, in the NFL that can present the difficulties to the Bills the way uh, the Jets did. And I certainly don't think the Raiders are one of those teams uh, it's really it's it's the combo of what the, the Jets present. The fact that they have a guy like Quinn and Williams in the middle, but also really good depth throughout their defensive line, uh, a, de- a decent linebacker in, in Mosley, and then the the back end is very talented on New York. So I think that's what creates a lot of problems. There's not many teams that can imitate that across the league. So while Josh may go up against other good D lines. Uh, or other good secondaries, as long as they're not going up against both at the same time, I think there's ways the Bills can exploit matchups and in those situations. I I was happy for the Raiders getting the win against Denver uh, to open their season. I I guess I'm not as down on Jimmy Garoppolo as as many people are. He's not the the best quarterback in the world, but I definitely think when he's playing well, he's at least a middle of the pack QB uh, that has found a way to win. Um, at his different stops in the NFL. So I, I don't think it's a, a gimme contest at all, uh, like some people would be saying. But matchup-wise, this is definitely a, a big advantage for the Bills going in. And I, I think it's going to be a happy home opener for Bills fans wanting to get back on track. Yeah, and I mean, it might. I mean, I think that, you know, you have to get through this Raiders uh, commander's experience going into the Dolphins game. I mean, that's, that's really important. I mean, the, the Bills you know, got rid of their division loss right here. They don't have a ton of, of grace going forward. Sure. You don't need to win, you know, the next 16 games, but you don't have a ton of grace every single week. Like you, you aren't going to face a chess defense every game, as you stated, not every team seriously has this style um, of defense. Like the, the, the DBs were good. They made Josh think a lot uh, and, the, and, and, and the weapons were poor. You know, one thing we didn't talk about, we talked a lot about Josh. We talked a lot about certain situations. We didn't talk about the weapons. We didn't talk about Gabe Davis, uh, seemingly not flashing for his for his quarterback. You know, you saw Hardy early on in the game, really made nobody miss. You know, he was the target on that first interception. And you saw James Cook. James Cook did not look good. I'm sorry to say he didn't make anybody miss. Uh, the Bills uh, were the lowest in the league at missed tackles. Uh, he had six attempts on checkdowns, six. Um, uh, four of them were catches and didn't make a single person miss. Didn't didn't break a tackle. Um, you know, there's things in that, that second and, and second and 15 in overtime. I wouldn't have made that play call. I wouldn't have handed though. I never liked second down handoffs in general, but it worked earlier. And I get what they're saying. He's out in space. Got to get through the line of scrimmage. Like I know, I know it's a good Jets defense, uh, but they were pushed severely far back, giving up at least 10 yards there. Um, and, and that's with a slow run. I think Latavius Murray gets through there. Uh, so I think ultimately like we're spending a lot of time focusing on just the quarterback when, you know, part of what the reason was and why Josh felt like he needed to force it was because his receivers on the checkdowns where he took 20, 25 of them um, of, of plates under 15 yards. Um, they didn't break tackles. It just only had three missed tackles. He, he needs help. Um, he, he needs help. He needs help. And the question was asked today about, does he need help besides Stefan Diggs? A question we've asked ourselves for years now, a uh, question that's been going through um, 
you know, Bill's land and, and draft land forever is, is do we need another receiver on this team or do we need some more help? I didn't like what I saw from James or Dalvin cook um, um, yesterday. And, you know, he needs to increase that. The, the yards per carry weren't there. I don't think he was overly elusive, but he did get the lion's share of the carries. He got the lion's share of, of, of the running back catches. You didn't really see Harrison and uh, Murray at all. Uh, so I think you can safe to say it's his backfield for now, but I, I do think I need to see a little bit more from James Cook going forward, period. And this is a game I need to see him um, need to see him win. Now, will he get to have to face his kryptonite in the playoffs? I don't know. I don't know the Jets have it in him to uh, to make the playoffs now at this stage. So luckily, the Bills may miss their kryptonite, unlike the Bengals, who may have to play their kryptonite. The Browns, who could make some noises, is, is the difference here. So. We'll see how that all turns out going forward, Mike. But as you look to the uh, to the Raiders game, as we've been talking about, um, and you break down kind of where they sit DVOA-wise, 21st DVOA uh, after the week, first week. Uh, they didn't play particularly well. Uh, they did did enough to get the win. Denver is still just um, just not a great football team. You know, you thought maybe Sean Payton would change that. Uh, he didn't. He has not yet. All this talk about elite coaching and what he's going to be able to do. We did not see it from Sean Payton in week one in the Raiders uh, opening win. Um, and you kind of break that down. Their defense actually, um, you know, for for taking away the win uh, in that game was not particularly great. Uh, DVA put them at a 19% factor of uh, away from average 19.5 to be specific, um, being the sixth worst in the league. So it's their, their, their defense played at a 19.5% uh, over average in terms of, of, of poorness. So every play had about a 19% chance of being positive for the offense. Uh, so uh, they did not play particularly well there. The offense was efficient, but that was really Jacoby Myers, who was really good. Um, he's in concussion protocol now. Do we see him? Uh, play in this game, you know, remains to be seen. But now you're looking at just Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. How do you feel about the Raiders? You know, they did come in with a pretty, pretty decent set of weapons for the league. I mean, really, you look at Hunter Renfro, uh, Jacoby Myers, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, pretty solid. I mean, by all accounts, everything you take everything else out of the equation, that's probably a top five, um, top five set of un- uh, set of playmakers. Um, and then obviously they they traded Darren Waller. And they wanted to get younger there and and uh, go with the draft, the tight end in the second round um, as well in Mayer. So what is your takeaway from that, Mike? Are you scared of those weapons? Are you worried at all? Because the defense does not the defense of the Raiders does not scare me, uh, especially after you play the Jets as, as your first week. What are what are you thinking about at those playmakers? Do you think the Bills will be able to uh, to get it done? Yeah, I, I think the Bills defense will. We'll take care of business against the Raiders. You mentioned the playmakers. That's a good group of guys. Devontae Adams is still uh, a top 10 receiver in football. Uh, Jacoby Myers, that was a guy that under the radar, I, I would have been intrigued if the Bills would have made a move after him. Obviously, they didn't have the, the cap space to really be aggressive. But Jacoby Myers is a guy I think that would have looked great on this Bills offense right now. And a um, little, little disappointed that that wasn't something they could ever pursue. Uh the running game with Josh Jacobs, one of the better running backs in the league. They have all these guys that can make plays, but can Garoppolo lead them? I think that's the big question. And is Josh McDaniel the the right guy head coach to get the job done? He he. I thought last year was a disappointment for for Vegas. I, I thought they had a playoff caliber roster, and it just fell apart. So there's a lot of doubters this year. There's not much hope uh, surrounding. Um, the Las Vegas organization. A lot of people expect them to be a six, seven win team. 
the opener against Denver, winning a close one is is nice to get a win to start the season, but it really didn't inspire confidence, especially when you're struggling to score. Um, I, I know Denver has a talented defense, but uh, didn't really what well, didn't really come away very impressed with uh, the Raiders overall. I do think this is a game, like I said, get get the Bills back on track uh, defensively. I thought the Bills took care of business for the most part against uh, the Jets on Monday night football. Everybody's going to point out the running game, how they allowed the two huge runs to Brees Hall. And I do give Hall credit, the Jets credit. Their offensive line was was going to work. They actually had a lot of three tight end formations. Uh, and the, the Jets were uh, – they knew they had to run the ball effectively. But for the most part, the Bills um, were causing them problems outside of the one drive that resulted in a touchdown. Uh I like the way the Bills' defensive line uh, was getting pressure. Ed Oliver had himself a good day. Leonard Floyd, Rousseau, they were all solid. I, a lot of people were hard on Terrell Bernard. I actually, the one guy that kind of stood out to me that I had a couple concerns with coming out of the game, not from a, uh, a coverage standpoint, but a missed tackle standpoint, was Stradavius White. It was, his, it was his guy. He had an opportunity to get braced down on the 80-plus yard run. Granted, not an easy play. But he had an opportunity, and he totally whiffed. And then there was a play later in the game, too, where uh, I forget the, the guy he had in his hands, but he had an opportunity to make a play at the line of scrimmage, let another missed tackle. Bills had seven missed tackles. Trey had at least two of them on, on Monday night. So that was a little bit upsetting to me because Trey is one of your best, one of your best players. You hope that he would, he would stand up, obviously not blaming everything on him. Uh, Jordan Porter looked pretty slow on the on the – long run as well. But overall, I think they'll be ready. Uh, I, I don't have much concerns about this defense going forward. I think they're going to be able to generate pressure on a lot of teams. And as long as they can get in Jimmy Garoppolo's face, I think it's going to be a long day for the Raiders offense. Yeah, they gave Tredavious White a 29 PFF did in run defense. Uh, just for reference, 85th out of 92nd ranked uh, cornerback compared to Christian Benford, the 25th cornerback. I had a 72 coverage grade. So by all accounts, Christian Benford took every snap is your corner too. They developed a corner too and uh, good for the team. I didn't see any problems against what could have potentially been a pretty big matchup against a couple of good receivers. So that was good to see from Christian Benford yesterday as well. Matt Milano was flying around. I thought the front seven played extremely well uh, for the most part in the, in that game. Um, you know, you had some fl splash plays at times from Matt Oliver. You had uh, Jordan Phillips sack, you know, Matt Milano was flying around. Uh, Greg Rousseau and Leonard Floyd look good. So I think that there was, there was a lot to, they got pressure uh, the entire day. So I think that that was good. I think the the thing you're looking at is that defensive line against the offensive line of the Raiders. Again, you're talking about Colton Miller, Dylan Parham, Andre James, Greg Van Roten, and Jer uh, Jermaine Alamelior uh, is their starting uh, offensive line. Our friend of the show and, and uh, old fan, uh, Greg Van Roten starting uh, over there, a guy that was terrible uh, in times here. Um, that the Bills upgraded uh, at the right guard spot from. So, Mike, it definitely seems like another situation to where the Bills might have a couple of chances to win against that offensive line, right? It's set up to. It, it definitely is set up to. And that was probably the most encouraging thing from Monday night was how the Bills' defensive line came to play. I, I know people are going to look at the running stats and they're going to be like, but Brees Hall went off. Not all runs are created equal, and not all big runs are the result of a defensive line not doing their job. Sometimes it's uh, other positions just not doing their jobs. Uh, I, 
the front the front four looked dominant at times. I I already mentioned the names, but Ed Oliver was in the backfield continuously. Uh, Floyd, uh, all these guys, they have the ability to to get in the backfield and make plays. Now, is uh, is Jacobs going to be able to get rushing yards against the Bills? Probably. He'll probably he'll probably get his, especially when the Bills like to play coverage uh, in nickel uh, majority of the time. So that already puts some kind of a disadvantage against uh, running teams. But will the Raiders be able to consistently pass on the Bills? I don't know if I I don't know if I trust that. I I, I think this is going to be one of those games where the Raiders are going to score in the high teens again. Uh, something like seventeen to twenty four points is going to be where they're around um, on. Sunday afternoon. And is that going to be enough to beat uh, an inspired Josh Allen coming off a butt whooping who's pissed off about how he's played uh, to open the year? I don't think so. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, As always, this show is brought to you by Sons of Erie, www.sonsoferie.com. And I think it's time. I think we have uh, producer Kevin down there all set up and ready to go. Um, I think it's time to bring him up for his thoughts and uh opportunities too kevin nice to have you how you doing today pretty good i'm uh recovering after that tough one last night you guys can hear me right very very faintly uh we can hear you i can turn that up a bit yeah just turn your turn your volume up while while you do that we'll bring you back up but mike as we kind of look to um, you know, the, the, the forefront of what the bills need to do to get it done. Do you think the offense, okay, let's put the, let's put the quarterback aside. Do you think the offensive line played well enough yesterday? Yeah, uh, I, I don't think so. Kevin, I, I, I don't think it, it's a tough matchup. That, that part is obvious. Most teams are going to look pretty bad against the jets front seven. So do I think it's the end of the world? Do I think this offensive line is going to look like that every game this season? I, well, I sure hope not. Because then, then the Bills' offense would be in trouble. But I, I think they played well enough to where the Bills should have won this game. Meaning, they were up 13-3. to If the Bills would have taken a more conservative approach, if Josh wouldn't have been sugar-high Josh in the second half, then yes, they would have had the result leading to a win. But they do have to play much better. Whether it's a combination of them not necessarily doing well enough and Josh also kind of compounding the issue, making it worse. That's kind of my general consensus. There's going to be some people that are going to say, this is all on Josh. There's going to be other people that will want to make excuses for Josh and say, this is all on the offensive line. I think at the end of the day, they both struggled and they both led to each other having difficult nights overall. And you, you can somewhat accept it when it's against an elite defense, but this cannot become a trend. Absolutely. If, if you guys would not mind getting out there, smash the like button. That means a ton to us. So we can continue to bring on great guests and continued coverage of the team going forward. Um, and I do agree and- with this point too, with, with Roy, Josh sometimes does have an issue holding onto the ball too long. It, it's something that we, we noted even in uh, the preseason against the Steelers, Josh believes he can make a play out of anything, which leads him to sometimes being too patient with it, waiting for guys to get to get open, which can sometimes make the offensive line look worse than it actually is. 
not all sacks that Josh takes are because of the offensive line. Sometimes it's him standing too long, waiting too long to unload the ball, or it's him running into a, a defensive tackle. There's times when Josh still has a clean pocket and he runs into somebody because he gets antsy back there. So at the end of the day, you take it with him because you know over the course of a season, over the course of majority games, you're going to get more good than bad in those situations. But when the bad happens, it can look pretty ugly. Yeah, and that's that's that can happen. And like you said, I think the Bills were in top 10 in allowed pressure by the offensive line, uh, leading to I think Josh Allen, 76% um, of the pressure was on him. So that was definitely a couple of different sources have have begun to say that as the, as the pressure rates come out. So it wasn't the offensive line. I seem to think they played okay, especially given their matchup. But we'll have to see against a weaker, a much weaker uh, defensive line other than Max Crosby. Um, there's not a lot there that's that they're without Chandler Jones, whatever's going on in his situation. Uh, and uh, analytically, it is not a good defensive line. Jerry Tillery was poor. Bilal Nichols wasn't very good. John Jenkins, Adam Butler, Tyree Wilson of their first round pick. Malcolm Kuntz uh, made the roster and played there from UB. So uh, it is not a great um, defensive line coming in to face the Bills. So that's definitely something. And they have, I guess, you know, Divine Diablo and Robert Spoulain as the linebacker position. So it is a front seven uh, the Bills need to take advantage of uh, with an aging secondary with Marcus Peters is playing there. Nate Hobbs, uh, Jacorian Bennett, a fourth round pick, Marcus Epps, um, you know, Maury got hurt uh, in this game, was probably one of their best secondary players. Uh, so we'll see if he's able to uh, to go uh, in this one or if they're going to go to a guy like Roger Teamer. So that this, the defense is vulnerable to me for the Bills. Um Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster, in a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org. It's the Smuckers Uncrustables podcast with your host, Uncrustables. Okay, today's guest is rough around the edges. Please welcome Crust. Thanks for having me. Today's topic, he's round with soft pillowy bread. Hey. Filled with delicious PB&J. Are you talking about yourself? And you can take him anywhere. Why'd you invite And we are out of time. Are you really cutting me off? Uncrustables are the best part of the sandwich. Sorry, Crust. Anyways, smash that like button as I as I stated. That would mean a ton to us. And also get out there and check out our one pass relationship. And we got a special thing to show you. Many people ask us the best way to support us here at Cover One, and that is to sign up to become a Cover One One Pass member. That contribution helps give us the access to all the data and information we use to create the content that you love. And I think most importantly, brings you into our community of insiders. It's a great community based on Slack. I know a lot of people don't want to be on social media anymore, be in on those conversations. We bring all of it to you right in our great community of educated fans. And most importantly, you get access to our content creators. Even better than that, everybody loves merch. You get awesome t-shirts, a cool decal, and a letter from the Cover One team signed directly to you. All for $60. That gets you the entire season, next year's free agency and draft. 60 bucks. Click the link in the description. Cover One Insider. Become one today. Whew. Absolutely get out there and check out the Cover One Insider 
um, patch. You can find that on the website or in the link below in our in our description. Um, but you know, there's there's a lot of still Mike Mike week one. Like we have to remember, Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, all lost all the top three seeds from last season. There's much talk. I think it's the only time it's happening in since Burrow's rookie year, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, it's not something that uh, overly happens, and uh, it is the week to week nature of this league. You know, as as we've stated that, you know, lately Josh Allen has struggled more recently in the last two games down in MetLife, uh, as well as the one game against the Bills in the sleeting snow rain that I was, uh, you know, that just didn't look like there was not much offense being played in that game at all. Anyways, uh, but the two games specifically in MetLife Stadium, Josh Allen uh, was un- unable to get it done in those games. So we'll see um, what happens later on in the season. The Raiders and you got the Commanders. Um, is this a situation to where you have to be two and one going into that Miami and hope that they're two and one, or where do you stand? Like going one, being one and two is probably not ideal as you go into Miami who could, you know, they play New England. They could have, you know, they could be three and oh. Yeah. So you don't want to say anything's a must win when you're entering the second week of the season, because we all know that's simply not the case. You don't have to win uh, this week to have the bills be a playoff team, be a contender, but for the, the sake of Bills fans, for the sake of this organization, coming off that type of loss week one, how the year ended last year in the postseason against Cincinnati, this is a pretty vital early season game uh, against the Raiders where they kind of do have to win because with the way things are shaping up for Miami, it's very possible the Dolphins could be 3-0 and entering that week four game in Buffalo. If the Bills somehow lose one of these next two games, you're in danger of falling two, three games behind in the AFC East race within a month of the start of the season. So, yeah, I, I'll, I'll say this. It, for the sake of Bills fans and, and everything in Buffalo, uh, they, they need to win these next two games because there, there are some legitimate questions regarding this team right now. The metrics still like them. Vegas still likes them. Uh, I, I think at the end of the day, they're still a really good team that's going to figure things out. But unlike previous years where the Bills were clearly the top team in the AFC East, there is less of a margin of error. Now, with Rodgers going down, some of the worries about the Jets being an AFC East contender have probably been lessened. How good will the Jets be with Zach Wilson or some other quarterback starting for them the rest of the year? Will they be good enough to get to 10 wins? Well, last year they started 7-4 and four before their implosion. So there is some evidence to say this defense can carry them uh, with even subpar quarterback play for at least part of the season. Now, if they add someone that's halfway decent, they still might be in the conversation to get a wild card. Don't think it's going to be for division. But you still have the Dolphins in the mix who looked really good offensively week one. And then when you add in later games on the schedule against teams like Kansas City, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Dallas, Jacksonville, you have your your next game against uh, the Jets later in the season. You're, you're two against Miami overall. And, and you really can't just assume the Patriots are a pushover. If their defense historically is just around as good as what the Jets are. Uh, maybe not quite the pass rush, but the Patriots, theoretically, if they played well defensively, could maybe keep it close against the Bills. So what I would say is the, the Bills' biggest challenge in front of them this year is that in the past, they could drop a game or two, not worry about it, go 13-3. and three. This year, they drop a few games that they shouldn't, that could be the difference between 12 and 5, 10 and 7, 9 and 8. So they got to win these games where they're clearly the superior team. 
interesting too like you mentioned the point on the super bowl odds the bills still are the second best afc odds behind the chiefs uh after a thousand simulations uh being in fifth with a 4.8 percent or excuse me 8.4 percent chance to win the super bowl the bengals are fifth with a 4.8 so the bills have a double odds to win uh after week one so something to definitely keep in mind that uh where the bills sit at eight point up uh, 8.4 percent chance there's still you know analytics and uh math uh simulation still like the bills the jets for instance are sitting at 1.2 percent chance uh after their week one uh, victory kc's up there san fran uh philly and dallas so there's a couple of nfc contenders and then it's still kc then buffalo uh then the bengals too and one two and three spot there uh and you know the the jags were able to come out with a win themselves the four seed last year did not play particularly well we're down to the colts late in the fourth quarter uh, before handling the business to a rookie quarterback as well um and uh securing their victory so i wouldn't say particularly that there was a huge boost uh, from the AFC really across it besides like the Browns went against the, the, the Browns against the Bengals. Like, I mean, I guess they took the biggest and then the dolphins against the chargers uh, knocking down the last year's chargers teams of so four losses out of the playoff teams last year. So it wasn't uh, really uh, an, an ideal situation there for, uh, for the uh, AFC um, Baltimore still staying steady. So there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of pressure, but at the same time, like the, the, where the jets stand and what they're going to do does give the bills a little bit more opportunity to be successful. Um, and in that unfortunate series of events that happened there with the Rogers injury. Uh, but I do think that the bills, it, nothing's a must win, but they have to avoid going into that Dolphins game, making that a must win early on in the season. Uh, you know, certainly there can't be a scenario where they go to one and three and oh and two in the division, Mike. I mean, sure, you can come back from that, but that is a brutal way to start what was perceived to be your easier part of the schedule. They certainly can't have that. But then we saw the Eagles go last year, Super Bowl contenders go and lo almost lose to the Patriots. See, the thing with the schedule, and I, I hate playing the schedule game, but the fact is, your schedule can play out a, a lot of different ways depending on when you face the teams that you face. And as you said, it, it's definitely a backloaded schedule when they play the quality opponents. Uh, and it's a streak of games where they, they have like four or five quality opponents in uh, a month and a half period towards the later months in uh, November, early December. When I look at it, the Bills have to start at least five and two, six and two around that point which means they're going to have to win around five of their next six to get to where I expect them to be. I, I'm okay with a split against Miami and Jacksonville. Like if they lose one of those games, not the end of the world to me. Would prefer it to be Jacksonville. Uh, not, I wouldn't want to lose to Miami because of the division record. Don't want tiebreakers to get involved. But they absolutely, Washington, um, the Raiders, the Giants, Tampa Bay, uh, and then the split, like I said, of those two other uh, opponents, that's what they need. Because when it's getting to the tough time, when they have the Eagles, when they have the, the Bengals, Kansas City, Dallas, if they're going to probably be, probably not going to win the majority of those games. They're probably going to split a lot of those games overall uh, when you break it down into four games at a time. So my biggest real concern right now for this team is find a way to just continue continue to stack wins. Even if you're not playing your best football, even if you don't have everything put together right now, find a way to stack wins and figure out your identity and what you are as a team. Uh, what what do we say all offseason? It's not about how you're playing in September and October. It's about what you're doing in late December and January. 
the year that the Bills uh, had the perfect game in the playoffs against the Patriots and followed it up with 13 seconds, uh, they were playing pretty mediocre football going into the last month of the season. They were sitting at seven and six. People were giving up on the team. Patriots fans thought they were going to win the division. But then the Bills found their groove in December, took it into January, and honestly, if not for the the, the ending that we never want to uh, focus on, I really do believe the Bills would have won the Super Bowl that year. My key to this season is that by the time we get to that point of the year, the Bills figure out how to utilize the middle of the field once again, how to use Dalton Kincaid properly, getting him involved, have him trust, have Josh Allen trust him like he trusts a Cole Beasley. Because to me, that's just as big as anything Kincaid doing. Kincaid could get open every play. If Josh doesn't trust him, doesn't make a difference. Josh had that faith that Cole Beasley was going to be in the right spot, right time, 90% of the time, and he would unleash it and give it to him. We can't have Josh doubting himself. He has to have that, that instinctual faith that Kincaid will be the right guy at the right time. They need to find a way to have Deontay Hardy be an actual yak monster on this squad. I know there's a lot of things scheme-wise that lead to the Bills' struggles in yards after catch, but Deontay Hardy is here to fix that. Let him fix it for you. Let him be a playmaker on this team. Uh, and, and then the, the, the one thing that really does need to improve, the running game. A, a lot of hype about Damian Harris on this offense going into uh, the season. If week one is indicative of what the Bills think of him, are we going to even see him? Is he even going to be part of this offense outside of red zone opportunities? Because he was not involved at all yesterday. And all the talk about James Cook being the feature, well, it looks like that's going to be their plans going forward. So to wrap up, I'm okay that things aren't perfect right now, but consistently take steps forward to figuring out their identity. I don't expect them to have it week one with all these new guys here, but keep working it in. Don't just revert back to what, you did last year find a way to make this 12 personnel and some of these new weapons work and let's try to bring back up kevin kevin how are you like give us some give us some how it was on the field uh from field level last night like what did you see kevin was down in new york he made it back in time for the show uh kevin how was it down there first of all can you guys hear me any better this time yes yep okay perfect so that's a perfect segue because I want to piggyback off what Mike was saying. But in terms of being there at the game, it was insane at first. Just the hype of the crowd and the whole atmosphere, the whole Aaron Rodgers aspect, the 9-11 remembrance. And then it just came to a crashing halt with Rodgers' injury and then the way Josh played. So it was just a weird night to say the least. But... You know, like you guys said, we got to look forward to week two because it's only the first game. And that's what I was saying last week on the show. I just didn't see the Bills coming out with the victory. And I said, if this team is going to go 13 and four, and if they can really win these next chunks of games here, then there had to be a loss somewhere. And that loss came last night. So let's hope that they can just go on a string of a bunch of victories right now. And you saw the uh, emotional, you know, feel on it. So how was it after the injury and then compared to, you know, was it a, a somber kind of experience after they were able to return the uh, punt return touchdown? Yeah, it really was. Now, first of all, for the Rodgers injury, 
a lot of us didn't know what was going on because none of us expected that Achilles to be ruptured. So we're just thinking, okay, it's a cramp. He's going to come back in. We're going to see a little bit of Zach Wilson. And then Aaron Rodgers will be back because how could this happen, right? And then I'm looking on Twitter and I show my friend, I'm like, dude, this could be his Achilles. And we were sitting around a bunch of Bills fans. So there wasn't like a big gasp or anything. There wasn't a lot of commotion within Jets fans. I'm sure there was in other areas, but with the section that we were sitting in the upper deck, I didn't hear too much about it until we started to get more information. And then it just, like you said, it seemed kind of somber. It seemed like the Bills were going to take control of the game. And then all of a sudden, they just lost control. And I saw people were talking about it in the comments. It's not that the Jets won. The Bills lost that game. Now, credit to the Jets. They made a lot of great plays. And they made the plays when they had to. But the Bills beat themselves last night, plain and simple. Yeah, they sure did. Now, Kevin, going forward, though, more importantly, you know, it is what it is. Week one is weird. It's a strange week. Um, you know, the Raiders come to town in a game where, you know, you can't really call anything a must win at this stage yet. Um, but you certainly want to avoid any scenarios to where, like we were talking about, you're one and two going into Miami and they're three and oh, and that becomes somewhat of a mini must win. What is your thoughts on the Raiders? What you, what you think you see from them, you know, them coming with a pretty talented offense, but at the same time, their offensive line looks weak. Uh, the defense played well last week, but by all accounts, uh, isn't overly talented. It certainly isn't what they saw from the Jets. What is your takeaway from Sunday's one o'clock game against the Raiders? I think the main thing is the Bills offense just has to get back to cooking. And Josh Allen has to get back to simplifying the game because I really liked what I saw from the defense last night. Minus a few plays in the in the rushing attack, I was really impressed by the defense. Anytime you hold an NFL team to 16 points in regulation, there is no reason why you shouldn't win. So if they keep playing like that, plus you would like to think that they're going to get some more chemistry. You know, Terrell Bernard, that was his first start at middle linebacker. Christian Benford, first start at cornerback. They had a lot of different pieces. Leonard Floyd, I really liked what I saw from him. The shuffling around on the defensive line. So you would think that these guys are only going to get better with Von Miller coming back in a few weeks. So I'm really not concerned with the defense. As crazy as this sounds, I'm more concerned with the offense right now. So to simplify your question here, we just got to score points because the Raiders do have a good offense. But if Josh gets back to being Josh, then this shouldn't be an issue. And that that is, you know, extremely true. And I think we see Josh go back to Josh. I think we're, you know, we're making, you know, a big deal of week one and, you know, we're kind of pieced together turnovers where last season where he was injured, he played some, you know, weather games as well as some tougher opponents uh, at times. And then obviously the Bills going out with the Bengals game, the evidence would show you that Josh is due for a positive, very positive experience here uh, this week at home as he plays the Raiders. He's certainly not going up against DJ Reed, Sauce Gardner, and the likes of the Jets defense, uh, you know, he'll be he'll be seeing the likes of like a Nate Hobbs, um, you know, uh, Robert Spoulane at linebacker, you know, M Malcolm Coons, Isaac Rochelle coming after him with Max Crosby. So, you know, they do have one good defensive line player, uh, but one that they could probably scheme to make sure that they uh, they contained. And then you're looking at like Jacorian Bennett, a rookie himself. Uh, there from the cornerback uh, position, Marcus Peters is still in the league and, and is is playing there uh and in in uh, vegas below nickel so i mean it certainly is not a high powering defense um it's definitely uh uh an ability that the bills need to be able to get after this defense right kevin 
Yeah, for sure. And, and the point that Mike said that I wanted to piggyback off of is the Bills need to learn how to use middle of the field. And this was something that I've been big on from our show last week when we had Tyson Rock on. And the moment that he said that the Jets have always struggled covering the smaller, quicker receivers, I was like, that's a game plan right there. Because with the strong defensive line, they're probably going to be in Josh Allen's face. You have Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed on the back end. You need to do your work in the middle of the field. So I tweeted before the game that this is a huge game for Ken Dorsey and Josh Allen to know how to use guys like Dalton Kincaid, Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy, James Cook, even Khalil Shakir. But on the drive home today, I was looking at the box score. My friend was driving, so don't worry. I wasn't you know, doing this while I was driving. But those four players, Kincaid, Sherfield, Hardy, and Cook, combined for 11 receptions for 52 yards. And on top of it, Trent Sherfield did not get one target, and him, Hardy, and Khalil Shakir did not even see a quarter of the snaps last night. So like you were saying, Mike, you need to figure out how to use your skilled positions here because as much as last night's loss is on Josh's shoulders, because there's no way that he should be throwing those interceptions. That's not Ken Dorsey's fault. You had Stephon Diggs and Dalton Kincaid wide open underneath. That's on Josh to see that. Or it's also on Josh to see that green pasture in front of him and take off with his legs. So that's not Ken Dorsey's fault. But it is Ken Dorsey's fault because moving forward, he needs to help Josh as much as he can. Because as much as we say that Josh is a huge eraser and he covers up the mistakes for the coaches, well, now the coaches have to go back to helping Josh and put him in the best possible position and design these routes so that they are literally sitting there in front of Josh in the middle of the field. So he has to look their way instead of designing these vertical routes with everything 20 yards down the field, scheme up some plays where he has to look in the middle of the field. So they just need to keep working off of each other. And again, as well, much as last night is on Josh, him and Dorsey both need to improve moving forward. Here's the thing though. We, we don't know if it's all scheme or if, it's Josh. I, I mean, I'm sure the coaching staff is scheming things towards the middle of the field uh, at times. If they're not, then that's just inexcusable. But as we mentioned on that pass to Gabe Davis that was intercepted, there were open guys underneath that he didn't look at. And if you go based on last year, they didn't utilize the middle of the field last year as well. So to me, I think this is more of he doesn't have a person in the middle of the field that he trusts yet. I think this is a Josh Allen trust issue. Ken Dorsey, we, we can question uh, whether he's the right guy to be the Bills offensive coordinator or not. But the fact is, Josh Allen had enough confidence in him while he was the Bills quarterback coach to want to go to the Bills management and ask that he be named the Bills offensive coordinator. Ken Dorsey is Josh Allen's hand-picked offensive coordinator, which means he has enough. Buckeye Health Plan Medicaid is built around you. Offering medical, dental, and vision benefits with no copay. Members get free rides to healthcare visits, pharmacies, and social services. Buckeye rewards you for making healthy choices. You can earn $75 in rewards for well checks. Pregnant moms can earn up to $350 in rewards for taking steps to have a healthy baby. Visit ChooseBuckeye.com for Medicaid built around you. Uh, belief in him that he was the right guy for the job. Dad, on top of it, each week that the Bills are practicing, 
the coordinators and the quarterbacks talk and they decide which plays they want to have part of the offense, what they want to utilize. So this is not just Ken Dorsey calling plays and not scheming things up for Josh. This is stuff that Josh is on board with Ken Dorsey heading into each matchup. I I think the average fan doesn't realize how much the quarterback is involved in the the prepping and the the game plan on a week-to-week basis. They're going to Josh. They're saying, are you comfortable with this? Uh, Do you like what this play is doing? How how do you think we should utilize this on Sunday? Josh is telling them what they want, what, what he wants to do. Like Josh, and that's what I'm saying. They, they they both have to improve, and it's more on Josh. The the fact the fact is, when they had Cole Beasley on this roster, excluding last year because that was just a, a joke at the end of the year. But when Cole Beasley was in his prime Buffalo years, 2019, 2020, 21, Josh had faith almost every third and short distance or whenever Beasley was going in the middle of the field, I get the ball one, two, three, boom, out of my hand to Cole. Josh doesn't have that faith and hasn't had that faith on anyone else on this team in those situations since. And that is why he looks like a much different quarterback the past two years compared to when he was at his best in 2020, 2021. Because even though Josh lit it up last year, what did we see? We saw a lot of bad interceptions at bad moments. Like, sure, the Bills' offense was still electric, but where were they not? The red zone. Josh needs to gain faith with someone. So it, it's understandable that it's not there yet with Dalton Kincaid. That's a rookie tight end. It was his first professional game. It's going to take time. And ultimately, I do think they're going to want to utilize him as a premier tight pass-catching tight end. I do think the long-term plan for Kincaid is to be a 60 to 70 reception guy who can get 800 yards a year and can be that security blanket uh, for Josh. But it's not there yet. And I will second what you were saying, uh, Syracuse, and I'll second what Kevin was saying. The game plan going in was to definitely get guys like Cook, Hardy, Kincaid, Knox involved. And early on, while they did get some receptions, they were not providing much help in yards after catch. And I think that's why the Bills kind of abandoned uh, that for the most part. I know that Kincaid and Knox combined had solid performances, but I I had asked before the game, are the Bills going to be patient with stuff if it doesn't work? And it didn't seem like that was was the case on Monday night. They're going to have to understand things are not just going to click. It's going to take time. They're going to have to build up continuity. Um, and, and the one last thing I want to say about the weapons. We were all hyping up Trent Sherfield during the offseason. Did he even play last night? I, I know he's part of the run blocking, but all the hype about how he was going to contribute as a number three receiver. It seems like that was a lot of uh, training camp, mini camp, over-exaggerated performance because maybe he comes out next week and, and goes off, but I, I didn't even see him on the field on Monday night outside of uh, a few plays here and there. He played 11 snaps, so 16%. Yeah, I think I think the I think the I don't think any of the secondary options played specifically well, including Damian Harris. You know, Latavius Murray didn't really see anything till late in the game. Um, you know, 
how well, I mean, you didn't see Hardy late in the game either after that interception that was targeted to him. So I don't think any of the secondary options, no Khalil Shakir, really uh, any of the secondary options did much of anything. There's a couple plays where they try to put in three tight ends with Quentin Morris. So, I mean, you didn't see any of those secondary guys uh, doing too much. Um, but that led to the question of like, do you guys have another weapon that you can throw to besides Stefan Diggs? So we'll see how that looks this week. I, I'm going to say that they had a drastically different game plan against the Jets strong defense and Aaron Rodgers than they're going to have uh, against the Raiders in, in where they probably feel they can open it up and feel a little bit more comfortable in this situation. So we'll have to see what, uh, what that I do believe you'll see some more of the secondary and, um, and beyond options here for the bills this week. I think you'll even see probably a random touchdown, but I think it's time for that show. It is the going deep podcast score prediction sponsored by sons of Erie, www.sonsofeerie.com. Get out there and check out all their amazing artwork uh, from their brand. Uh, Mike, we're going to start with you, go to Kevin and then myself, give us your score prediction right now. Kevin's one and oh, me and you are oh and one in our score predictions. Um, break down to us what you have in this game and why. Yeah, so I'm very confident going into this game. Do want to give Diggs his credit. I saw a monkey business with uh, the comment. No one's giving him his praise. Diggs was amazing yesterday. 10 catches, 102 yards going up against Sauce Gardner. The reason we don't talk about Diggs is at this point, he's so incredible. It's almost expected, even when he is going up against an elite-level talent. So I do want to give Diggs his props. He was the best player on the Bills offense last night. No one even a close second, uh, in my opinion. But as far as this game, I do think the Bills get their mojo back. I think Allen passes 300-plus yards. This has uh, a convincing win all over it. I'm going to pick the Bills 35-17. to 17. Kevin, to you, what do you got for us this week? You're you're leading the pack right now early on in the season. Yeah, I agree with Mike. I think that this is when the Bills start to get back on track, and I have them winning 34-20. to 20. I think Josh Jacobs will get his yards. Devontae Adams, probably the same thing. They probably will get a couple touchdowns, so I'm not expecting the Bills to dominate, but I'm expecting this offense to get back on track, and I feel like it's going to be one of those get-right games. Where it's like, okay, we can, we can exhale, we can breathe. Josh Allen is back. Stop with the criticism. Well, you don't have to stop criticizing him because it's deservedly so. But stop saying that we need to bench him for Kyle Allen or any of these other crazy takes. So trade Josh Allen. Yeah, okay. No, we're going to get back on track. Bills 34, Raiders 20. I like it. All right. Over to me. Um you know, I think the Bills do get right here. I, I'm the one that's saying pump the brakes. It's week one. Everyone's saying this is relax. I would be remiss to not mention that that is my um, my feeling is around this as well. Would have liked to be 1-0, especially in a situation where you're facing a backup quarterback in a game that you should have won. Uh, will they will they activate someone? Will you see Andy Isabella or Christian Kirksey? Will they go with a few different players and personnel? I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's crazy that they will mix something up. Maybe we'll see at least offensively with the elevation of Andy Isabella here in this one. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked of the bills winning as well. I have them winning uh, 30 to 13 in this game. Um, I don't really, you know, love what I see from the Raiders. They're out with their best. To me, I think Jacoby Myers is one of the best players uh, on their team. I think that he's a really good stout receiver who was targeted uh, quite often and frequently and did, and did have their two interception or two touchdowns last week. Uh, so I think that that's going to be a big loss. We'll see if he can come out of concussion protocol or not. Uh, maybe he will be able to play. Um, but Josh Jacobs, I do believe 
uh, will be out of this game in terms of them having to utilize him more in a pass role. And we may see their backups uh, in situations to, to where they need to play catch up, but we'll see. I mean, the bills shocked me last week. This is going to be my second week in a row predicting a similar style of score. And if they fool me twice, then it's shame on me. And we're, we're going to have to make updates in our future score predictions, but will we see more Zamir white or will we see a lot of Josh Jacobs? We'll see Austin Hooper, uh, you know, Michael Mayer, uh, et cetera, as we uh, approach, I think the bills have a much better matchup against this defense. Uh, so we'll see who's able to, uh, to where we all the same prediction as well. So we're either all going to go to one and one Kevin to two and oh, or we're all going to go to Owen to Mike with Kevin one and one. So we'll see how this uh, plays out next week on the show. Uh, bring us home with some final points, Kevin. What do you got? What do you got on your mind uh, for this uh, upcoming game? Well, I just want to talk about the Ken Dorsey point one more time, because when we were having that conversation before, Mike, you were saying how it's not totally on Ken Dorsey because it's there sometimes. It's just that Josh doesn't see it. And I agree. But the point that I was trying to make was this is on Josh. But as a coach, you have to help develop and, and aid your players here. So that's why I'm saying it falls on Ken Dorsey because I was very critical of Ken Dorsey last year. Not so much last night. I didn't agree with that second and 15 draw in overtime, but you know, it is what it is. But moving forward, if Josh is going to be the gun slinger that he is, it just seems like it's in his DNA. That's who Josh Allen is that you can't really completely reel him in. So that means that the coaching staff has to do everything in their power to try to tame him. And that means Ken Dorsey has to be as creative as possible so that Josh has to look a certain way instead of going with those deep routes. You know, I liked what I saw where they had Hardy in the backfield a little bit last night and there was a little bit of trickery. And then we saw a couple screen passes and I was like, yes, thank you. Do more of that. Because if you slowly go away from it, that's when sugar high Josh comes back. And I don't mean to go into another rabbit hole here, but since I saw people in the chat talking about this with Brian Dable, it did seem like even though we were critical of Brian Dable at first in his last year or two with Josh, it seemed like he had the ability to keep him calm and reel him in. So that's where I think Ken Dorsey needs to take that next step and be able to say, Josh, let's take what the defense is giving us. You can get on base by hitting a single or a double. We don't have to go for the home run every single time. So that's what I want to see moving forward, because if not, it could be a very long and stressful season. I just want to counter to that that quick, Kev. I, I respect what you're saying, but I think the real amen point is kind of I, I don't I don't like that narrative and that that wording that people are discussing right now. I understand it's an easy point. Josh is a grown adult. Like he, he's a grown adult. He's playing with his instincts on the field. He's making decisions in a split second in his brain. And because of the style of player he is, he's always going to go the more aggressive route. That's part of why we love him. Like it's the a lot of the routes when when they have people going deep, it's not just to have somebody go deep and encourage Josh to be sugar high Josh. A lot of times there's a concept to it to open somebody up underneath or to take a corner down the field more so you do have open space on other parts of the field. Ultimately, Josh knows this scheme. He knows the offense. It's his job to run it. We would never be saying this stuff to Tom Brady. We would never be saying this stuff to Peyton Manning. We're not saying this stuff about Joe Burrow. Ultimately, Josh needs to start playing quarterback the way quarterback is designed in the NFL. I'm okay with all the improv. That's what makes him great. 
But if he cannot run a basic offense within the scheme, then the Bills are never going to get to their end goal. And the whole reeling him in, Brian Dable was a good offensive coordinator. But let's not forget that Brian Dable was very, very average to below average before he ever had Josh Allen. He had three stints on other teams. He got fired after one year at two of the stops. Had a bottom-ranked defense two, uh, one of the years and points scored. Another bottom-ranked defense in yards per game. And even the first year that he had Josh Allen in Buffalo, he had one of the bottom defense, bottom offenses in the NFL that year. And even 2019, middle-of-the-pack offense with Josh Allen. Granted, young, developing, raw prospect. The fact is, when it comes to Brian Dable, the Bills' offense wasn't just magically great with him like fans like to remember. There was a lot of people over the course of Brian Dable's time in Buffalo that were calling for him to be fired. And, in fact, there was those games that he had against Jacksonville where the Bills couldn't get the ball more than three points. There was multiple games during uh, Dable's career in Buffalo where Josh Allen put up stinkers. We don't look back at it now because he's not on our team. He's not coaching our team. When you have coaches that are gone, you look at how good they are. When they're on your team, you're critical of how bad they are. The, the issue is Dorsey definitely has issues that he needs to work out, that he needs to fix, and he's far from perfect. And I'm fine with putting heat on Dorsey. But the reel him in is an oversimplification. I don't think any offensive coordinator could reel in Josh and prevent him from playing the style that he's playing. And Dorsey prefers to be upstairs because he wants to see stuff. It, it helps him call the plays. Dable might have been more comfortable on the field, but I, I understand what you're saying. I think ultimately this is on Josh deciding for himself. Do I want to be one of the great quarterbacks that has a legacy that can win it all? Or am I going to follow in the footsteps of a Brett Favre and just say, screw it on a game by game, play by play basis, because the great, the greats like Favre, yeah, he ended up winning a Super Bowl and he got to a second one. The great moments are awesome. But there are some moments where Favre would throw 20-plus interceptions in the league. And if Josh does that in this era, it's not going to be accepted. So I understand the conversation, but I, I do think it's it's time for Josh to take more accountability with the faults that are happening. Oh, for sure. And the last two things I just want to say real quick. One more thing about Ken Dorsey, because again, right now I'm more frustrated with Josh this year than I am with Dorsey. Last year, I was more frustrated with Dorsey than Josh. But right now, last night, a lot of that blame falls on Josh's shoulders. But again, tying these two together because they work off of each other. You know, it's uh, almost like a dynamic duo, the offensive coordinator and the quarterback, Dorsey, Allen, Allen, Dorsey. And the fact that their motto is smart, not conservative, I think those three words can come back to bite the Bills a lot because it's in their DNA. Dorsey's a former quarterback himself, and now Josh is obviously a quarterback. It's in their DNA that they want to throw all over teams. It's like, okay, you're going to throw this on us defensively? Well, watch what we have. So I think they needed to be very careful with that. And again, Josh is the one making the decisions on the field. But again, going back to my point earlier, as the offensive coordinator and as the coach, you have to be able to balance that out. And then the second point that I want to make going off of that is that Joe Burrow adjusted to what the defense was giving him last year because they started playing that too high shell. He recognized that, and then he said, okay, I'm just going to 
throw short to inter- intermediate passes. That's what Tom Brady did his whole career. So if Josh wants to take that next step in his career, that's what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to adjust his game, and Dorsey's going to have to adjust his play calling. Yeah, so one thing I wanted to address here was Carl's score prediction when it comes to 12 personnel formations. Uh, the Bills actually ran it last night, 63% in 12 personnel, number one in the league, only team above 42%. In 71%, two tight ends uh, on the field, number one, only team above 54%. So there you have it, 71% of the time they had both tight ends on the field, uh, 63% of those, uh, 63% total snaps, they were in a true 12 personnel situation, Mike. So that is something to remember that they did uh, utilize something they've never done. They were in a th- 4% of the time last year. Uh, so they were in a little bit of uncharted territories there. Um, and it's going to take a little bit of time to adapt to this. And we'll see those secondary and, and, and tertiary options come through, in my opinion, um, in the in the likes of Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield. Will we see Khalil Shakir? We'll see Andy Isabella called up. Uh, we'll see what that, what that looks like against, uh, to me, a more vulnerable Jets secondary uh, than we saw there. I, I don't overly believe in this Jets defense. I thought they played a pretty porous-looking um, and limited uh, Broncos offense um, and did, did happen to come away with that, but still not much, um, not much threat there beside Max Crosby uh, at all in this, in this Raiders defense. And if Trevor Morig's out, he's probably like their second best player. Uh, Trevon Morig is in, in, at the safety position. Um, you know, so we'll see what he looks like as well. So um, the bills by all accounts, you know, a couple of cramping issues came out healthy. Um, there isn't anything there. I don't, I don't believe is risking of this week from what we, what we've heard so far. So we'll track the injury report as we get closer to the game, but, uh, we really appreciate everybody tuning in today, uh, from the entire going deep podcast crew. We got Mike, we got cat producer, Kevin down there, please smash the like button, leave comments. Let us know what you think uh, for all our on-demand listeners on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Thank you as well. Check out, Uh, the cover one premium membership to get into a great Slack channel and so much more. And then to our show sponsor, sons of Erie, www.sonsofeerie.com. Get out there and check out their artwork as they have some great pieces uh, for any part of your home. So with all that being said, we have three bounce back wins here predicted on the going deep podcast, as well as, uh, as we look forward to a commander's game next week. So we'll do the same thing next week. We'll recap the game and maybe we'll bring up a commander's guest uh, for next week. But we had a we had a lot to cover here with uh, the way that week one went. Uh, but for next week, I, I plan to bring on a commander's guest so we can get a little bit more insight. So it's a little bit more predictive. And look, they know their team as good as anybody. So I'm going to try to my best to find a couple of, uh, of my options for a commander's uh, guest, which would be uh, it's really helpful to kind of have them tell us about their team. Uh, so we're going to get back to that next week uh, as well, uh, coming up probably for the second half of the show. But from the Going Deep podcast, Kevin Nasseri, Mike Bunt, Kevin Syracuse, we'll be right back at you, hopefully breaking down a Bills win over the Raiders uh, with their nine and a half point spread. But until next week at seven o'clock, we'll see you right then and right here. See you guys later. Yeah. 
Looking for health insurance coverage? Medical Mutual's individual and family health plans have you covered with $0 select preventive drugs, $0 on-demand telemedicine, a wellness rewards program, and access to thousands of health care providers located throughout Ohio. Plus, most plans include MedMutual Pet, a pet wellness service at no additional cost. You also may qualify for subsidies that can be used to help pay your monthly premium. Visit MedMutual.com slash ACA to find a plan today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.